Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? Trade season's upon us. Ooh, feels good. Feels real good. Hey, how are you feeling about the levers? Are the levers any bigger to you today than they were last week? Um, I mean, honestly, after that game uh, against the Mavs on Monday, it really feels like Bays as starter is the lever <laughs> because nice there's le- something. Hey, it's it's a lever of sorts. Something changes when he gets in the starting lineup, <laughs> and it is not good. You know, I was I was rewatching the uh, third quarter mm-hmm. when they like got down by 22 and then came back. Yeah, and starting with Shays three, which started that run. I like loved the lineups yeah. and it was, it was Shay. It started out Shay Dort, Wiggins, Jerry, Trey man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love it. Love that. I would like, I would love that. And then they just subbed in uh giddy for man and yeah. they subbed in uh who, who would be the other guy? Not, not Baze. Uh They subbed in. Oh, Ty Jerome. Yeah. For, uh, for Lou Dort. Big hair, and those big like those guy, seven guys are just really solid. Yeah. Yeah. And I also love that they, the way they closed the game too, that when Dort went out with like two minutes left that they put Trey in. Yeah. And those lineups obviously did not include base for that run. Did not. They did not include, you know, they did not include Kenrich, no Mascala, but like nothing that happened in that run was fluky other than Josh Giddy did hit two threes during that run, which, yeah. you know, depending on how you feel about Josh Giddy shot right now, but everything else, like they just looked really solid which is really impressive because those seven guys i listed you know outside of ty jerome and shea like we're mostly talking about first or second year guys Mm -hmm. and i was just really impressed like across the board with that group yeah and thinking ahead for the rest of the season i'm like wow i'd just love to see those lineups just more and more just give them to me but then i'm like hold on we got to be we got to make sure we stay in the right place in the standings and that's when i come back to Bay's a starter. What a great idea. <laughs> He's driving. He's driving against Kristaps Porzingis, who's very good at rim protection <sighs> in that game. That was really something, wasn't it? Yeah, and Mark was like hilariously sarcastic about starting him. It's just weird. Joe was like asking just, hey, does Darius have a chance to start the rest of the season? And he's basically like, oh, yeah, Joe. 
yeah, this game means everything. Is <laughs> kind of his response to him. I'm like, what are you being so sassy about, Marcus? Like, what's going on there? I mean, you you look at their last couple games. Yeah, even like their last ten games. Like they have all been close, except for the Timberwolves game that they lost by twenty. Yeah, but you know, like three points to Mavs, five points to the Cavs. They beat the Nets. Four points to the Wizards. Four points to the Nuggets. I know. Eight points to the Wolves. Like this team is playing super competitive right now, mm-hmm. and that's all without Kenrich Williams. Now they're not winning necessarily, so we're not freaking out about it. Yeah, they're definitely not winning. And I think if Kenrich plays, I think they win maybe half those games. They probably do. But what I'm more worried about is. You know those upcoming games. We've we've we're playing Indy soon. We're I playing know. four games against Portland soon. Yeah. Like, at some point, if they keep playing this way, they will win games because like yeah. they're playing well enough to win. Yeah, Por- Portland's trying to upgrade. Did you see the the little article on the Athletic today from Sam Amick um, and John Holland? Yeah, but the from what I took away from that is that like Miles Turner actually would be a very smart trade because he's hurt. And yeah. so it actually helped their tank, and he would come back next year. Yeah, no, I, th- I, but I do think that they're looking for other ways to upgrade too. I do. I, I have a feeling most of that will happen during the summer, just because I don't think any of their pieces are really getting you much. Yeah, probably true. It's probably true. But and I am they, interested and to see what. They've won some games ha- recently too. The Blazers have. Oh, I know, and they're not freaking out. Like if if we were. Blazers fans and felt the exact same way that we feel about like maximizing our odds. Like we'd be absolutely freaking out right now. Losing it. Yeah. Going crazy. And then I was listening to Danny Morang's podcast and Mm -hmm. he's just not worried at all. And that's how we kind of felt last year. Yeah. Like at a certain point, but it took so much for OKC to make up ground. Like they had to go, I forget what the stretch was. It was like three and 27 or something. Yeah. Some, terrible record they won one game out of like 22 games or something like that yeah that's just really that takes a lot of commitment it was so bad it was or you have to have just like the absolute perfect mix of terrible chemistry like the rockets did earlier in the season yeah but like outside of that you really have to try to be that bad yep pull the lever Pull and it. we'll see. We'll we'll see if they're willing to do it because those teams below us and and including OKC, you know, they're willing to do it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. They're willing to yank them levers. They will. They'll do it. I'm I'm curious to see if OKC will pull any levers here. I don't know if it. I really. I just don't know. I, I do. You, do you think it's necessary? I do. In order okay. to, in order to stay. At four, I think that it's probably necessary. Yeah. Because I do think that Indiana... God, that team sucks, man. I, I was watching them against the Clippers the other day, and it was just... I I mean, my head is just in my hands half of the game, just like, come on. Like, what are you doing? You have more talent than this Clippers team does. What is going on here? Like, they're a disaster. What, what, when does Carlisle get some blame? I mean, it's that thing. I mean, it's the same stuff that's going on with Vogel right now. Like, it's roster construction stuff, mostly. But I do think that that Vogel deserves, or not Vogel. Vogel doesn't deserve any blame in my book. But Carlisle probably does because he's not making this team better. That's for sure. Like, they're a, like, they're a lot worse. <laughs> A lot, lot worse than they were. I know, and you think about how dysfunctional they were last season, right? And how it how it was seen as like this anomaly for this well-run small market organization to have this weird season where like they bring in this hot name coach and it just doesn't work out, and they're having blowups on the sideline. Like people are actually talking about the Pacers because there's just drama for the first time. Yeah, and then to go from that to this, I mean, I'm sure their expectations coming in were like. This is we we barely have to think about it. Just put the team on cruise control. Right. We're bringing in Carlisle. This is great. And to go through this now, the, the the thing that excites me though is, did you see the Sacramento Bee? Yeah. Uh, published an article this morning that says it. that the Kings are including De'Aaron Fox in their discussions with Indiana for Sabonis. Yeah. Uh, which 
like who cares either way? Like I don't really care about those teams. But if Indiana did get De'Aaron Fox, you could imagine them being a little bit better. Yeah. Not not that I like love Fox or anything, but just the fact that they wouldn't be trading Sabonis for a picks package. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're, if they trade him, it's going to be for a solid player. Mm-hmm. And the same is probably true with Miles Turner, although his injury makes everything a little weird. Yeah. But that's why I, I just haven't given up total hope on the Pacers yet because I still feel like they will try to win. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they're not going to bottom out. Like that's that's just not in their DNA to bottom out. And yesterday on Tampering, which is on the Athletic NBA show, Sam Amick said, who's the most plugged into the Kings, you know, pro- probably the most plugged in guy to the Kings, period. He said the Kings are, he would be shocked if they did not do something big at the deadline. Yeah. So they're, they're poised to do something. So whether it be, <laughs> I mean, another rumor out there is that they're willing to take on Tobias Harris in a Ben Simmons deal. Um, I know. Which, good luck on you, Kings. Like, go for it, you know? And then if you're... I mean, what do you think about that for Philly? Because it would probably be healed Barnes and Fox. Yeah, if if it wasn't... Well, first of all, how crazy is it that a few months ago in the summer, coming off of last season... You know, people were throwing out the idea of a Simmons for Fox swap, but doing it in a way it's like, you know, the Kings probably aren't going to do that because Fox has way more value than Simmons. And the Kings probably agreed with that. And all the Kings fans would have agreed with that. And now they're at the point where they're including Fox and taking back Tobias Harris. Mm -hmm. Like just the asset management of like selling at a player's absolute low. (laughs) So Kings. The problem is the pressure of ownership. This is where like ownership matters so much because like if the, if the Thunder had a bad owner and they saw all this stuff going on and they were like, Hey, listen, why don't you take some of the picks that we have? Look how close we are to the play in. Let's get in because I'd like to get, you know, the gate money. Right. So let's do that. Because this team is obviously pretty good. Why don't you play Mike Muscala more? Why don't you play Kenrich Williams more? Why don't you sit Poku and Darius Baisley down? Let's go get a forward and let's make a push. You know, that's that's the kind of stuff that's going on behind the scenes in places like Indiana and in Sacramento, where they're like, Yeah, like you have to make the play in. Like <laughs> you just it's play in or nothing. For the Kings, or else probably like everybody's getting fired, like you're all gone, you know. So it's 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 crazy. It will make the trade deadline more fun. It'll make a Ben Simmons trade more possible, I guess. You know, I think Harrison Barnes is probably a better fit than Tobias Harris is because he'll take more threes. Um, and then Buddy Heald is obviously a guy that's been one of like the better three point shooters in NBA history. Now, can they get him to defend enough for him to stay on the court in the playoffs? Like, I don't know. Um, and then Fox. I mean, you just basically get to add Fox just right on top of what they're doing. <laughs> you get to add the Kings. You get to sprinkle some Kings on your team that you I want know, to be it, a contender. But is that fair to those guys? <laughs> to I don't know. That? They've been there a while. I, I say it might be fair for Fox. It might. I mean, we've seen Barnes succeed. Yeah. But we've never seen them play with anybody like Joel Embiid, who is legitimately probably one of the best three players in the league. I mean, he'll he'll played with AD in New Orleans. I don't know. I mean, I, for a if, minute. If, if if Philly got Halliburton and those two guys, Heald and Barnes, yeah, I think I'd feel better about it just because I still think yeah. that there's some ceiling potential with Halliburton. Yeah, because um, we, we've seen the way he played when De'Aaron Fox was out this season. I mean, he was racking up double-digit assists every night, which is not what I was anticipating for mm-hmm. Tyrese Halliburton mm-hmm. to look like as a lead guard. So that excites me more than the fit with Tyrese Maxey and De'Aaron Fox. I agree. Beca- I agree. Because that fit, like you really are betting that Maxey's shooting is real and you're betting that Fox's shooting is going to come back. Mm-hmm. I think... You know, in both cases, the defense is kind of like going to be similar. Um, pe- people seem to think that Halliburton isn't that great on ball, but he's a good off ball defender. 
Halliburton obviously like has or Fox has all the athleticism that you would possibly want defensively. So maybe in a better setting, he becomes a better defender. Yeah. It'd be interesting either way. I I like that the extra pieces you're getting, like the salary fodder, are actually going to be helpful Mm -hmm. for Philly, like Mm -hmm. getting healed in Barnes. Yeah, I do too. But Fox has a dimension to them that they don't have, though. Like they don't have any speed, like zero speed. You know? Yeah, that's true. And somebody that could get on the break and go score. Like nobody else is really doing that. So, Georges Nang Niang. I like Niang. He's, he's so he's so fast, Andrew. <laughs> they call him the minivan, <laughs> <laughs> which is perfect. It's so good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm intrigued to see, and and if OKC gets involved, I mean, honestly, at this point, I hope they pull the lever number one. Number which two. what? Which is what, Andrew? Trading Kenrich. I think trading mm. Kenrich is mm. the lever mm. to pull. Mm. I love mm. Kenrich. Love him. I love Doesn't that sound he, like it. Love that he loves Lake Hefner. Love so many things about him. Uh, however, I love. Does he really love Lake Hefner? He expressed that to me one time. Yes, that he really? likes to go to Lake Hefner. Yeah. He should uh, hang out with Luke. The old man can see Lake Hefner from his uh, new apartment. I know. Kenner, and Kenner's just like one of the few guys that's married, you know, on the team too. So he's probably going to the lighthouse a lot. Just hanging out at the lighthouse, you know, <laughs> playing Pokemon Go out there probably. Who knows? Um, man, I do I do hope they do it. I honestly have no feel for what if they're going to do it or not. I do know that he wants to be here. I do know that the Thunder love him. So, like, but we'll see how much those factors play in. Or is the pulling of the lever a stronger thing? You know, like getting better odds is that a better thing than just having you know a a love for one another i don't know i don't know i guess we'll find out and so much can change because i mean we were in this exact spot last season and then shea gets hurt and there's really no lever to pull because like yeah that's the lever if if shea's if shea's not on the court and well they also let and then they told out horford to go home you know oh true yeah That, that was a lever yeah it was a lever um yeah, I'm. I'm. First of all, Boston traded Wancho Hernan Gomez, so that that's over. There's there's one team that ne- needed to get below the tax that isn't going to do it. So that was wrong. That was wrong. So we've got to look at some of these other teams now. Moving on to like Ricky Rubio, and yep. maybe maybe even the Clippers. You know, people brought up Serge Ibaka. You know, I I my my anticipation right now is that that's the only thing that's going to happen. Like. They're going to get to the salary floor by taking on some, not not necessarily bad players, but they're mm-hmm. just taking on the contracts. Yeah. They, they have no role on the team. Yeah. And they're doing it for like a second or something. Depending on how much money it is. Like if it's $20 million, then it's a first. You know, like that's how much it costs. I mean, the Thunder got a, didn't they get a, they got a first for, um, for favors. Yeah, that's true. So, also, he had two years left, so uh, they could get a first or a young player in a deal yeah. to take on some money. Yeah, I, I kind of expect that. I don't expect there to be fireworks on the Thunder side. I expect for it to be kind of business as usual. And I think the fireworks will be teams that are currently in the tank race, like which ones are going all in on making the play-in versus which ones are dropping out. And looking at the yeah. teams above us, like I don't, I, there's been no indication that any of those teams are quote-unquote dropping out. Like n- None of those teams are just ready to throw in the towel and tank. Like mm-hmm. The Pacers, you know, any of the deals that we've heard about, like even the, even the deal that was proposed for Miles Turner that was going to Dallas for Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Like that's still a, a good player they're bringing back. Yeah. Who could yeah. potentially help them this season. Found it out. The Pelicans, you've heard that like they wanted to use the trade exception that was made by the Steven Adams deal. Yeah. They're still in buyer mode. Mm-hmm. Because I mean they they're they're hanging around enough where if Zion ever did come back, they would probably be probably be the favorite to make the play in. Yeah. And then the Spurs, like, yeah, they traded Bryn Forbes, but th- I don't really think that's going to material change materially change anything on the court for them <laughs> no, <laughs> that much. No, no. I mean, you, you read. I was reading uh, like Spurs Reddit last night, mm-hmm. and they were basically saying this is all just to get Josh Primo minutes. 
Like Primo's been good. Uh, he, what it's about. He's been closing games for them and has played well. And he's a better defender than Bryn is. He's a more athletic. He can do he's got a little bit more shake with his dribble too. So like yeah. It's it's and, it's not it's a kind of a nothing deal, honestly. The whole thing was a nothing deal <laughs> last night. Right. And then we've already talked about the Kings. We know the Hawks are aggressively trying to get better. Yep. And that's when you get to the Blazers, who like of those teams, they're still the most likely to tank. And so for them to win these games up front is just really good for OKC because oh. now they have like about they have a four game gap in the loss column. Yeah. Oh, it's very good. It's 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 very good. I I was afraid like a week and a half ago. It's like oh no, like the Blazers are going to be there, and now they're yeah eighteen and twenty five. So yeah, that's uh that's good. That's a good spot to be in because and and OKC's you know we've talked about it. Their upcoming stretch is the most important you know, of the season where they have San Antonio, Charlotte, Cleveland, Chicago, Indy, Portland, Dallas, Portland, Sacramento, like that stretch right there. Like that will likely determine if they stay at four, if they lose a ton of those games. And then when we know that they're up the stretch after that's going to be a lot harder, you know, maybe they do have a chance to drop to three, but like this is, if you have, Hope to stay at four. Like, this is the stretch that they need to lose a lot of games. Like, they need to win maybe two of those games, you know, during that stretch. And this is when, and maybe it won't be till after the uh, trade deadline, but I'm interested to see when they start doing some, like, strategic sitting, yeah. strategic resting of players. It will happen. Yeah. Because we, we've already seen it in some of these games where teams are sitting players against us. Oh, yeah. Like, when you know, Brooklyn sat KD. And yep. so that's going to happen as well. Mm-hmm. Like teams will target us as a rest team. Mm-hmm. And that's scary too. True. But yeah, I'm overall, I'm feeling, I'm feeling solid. Yeah. With yeah. the caveat that again, they've been very competitive over these last two weeks without Kendrick Williams. If you add him back in, they're winning a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. Though I will say like, Aaron Wiggins is doing like an incredible Kenrich impersonation. He's he, been he's good. really been solid. He, I was watching uh so that Mavs game, you know, didn't uh Danny and Nate, Nate and Danny. Yeah. Nate and Danny. Danny and Nate. <laughs> uh they were doing uh they were doing a stream for it. Yeah. I heard that. I didn't I didn't watch theirs, but I I watched it. It was it I was, was listening to Matt I, Pinto on the call, actually. Which, you know, it's so weird. On Twitter, everyone was like, oh, I love Matt Pinto. Matt Pinto's so great. And then you go to Thunder Reddit, and they're like, who is this guy? He's not getting any of Michael Cage's jokes. <laughs> I like Pinto. Pinto is... Pinto's... He's legitimately very good at his job. And he is. He's very, like, no frills, no BS. Like, and he gets, going and he gets pissed off, like... A lot during the games, which is just, it's just fun. Where Chris Fisher is just like, just going. Like, he's just kind of one of the more benign play-by-play guys in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I I thought he was, I thought he was solid. I've always liked Matt Pinto. But anyways, Nate and Danny. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was, I, I prefer it to the regular thing just because they're like calling out things that I wouldn't necessarily notice. But there was a play and it was probably in like the fourth quarter where it was kind of like a broken play. Josh had gotten into the paint, but he, he didn't really have a lot of options. And he threw it to Aaron Wiggins, who was inside the three-point line, mm-hmm. but took steps back and perfectly positioned himself for a three-pointer as he's catching the ball mm-hmm. and then hit a corner three. Yeah, And they just called it out like, wow, that's incredible footwork for a rookie to be able to do that, to have like that court awareness because it's kind of like the Ray Allen play. Yeah. Where like you just have the, like that sixth sense of where the corner three is going to be, and it, it obviously wasn't that dramatic, but it was just like a really cool skill that they pointed out that I might have not noticed otherwise. And then you just start watching him on defense a little bit more, and just how he never really gives up. Like even when he gets beat going around a screen or something, he always ends up making up that ground. He's just been really impressive. Yeah, he's, and he's one of the reasons solid. why they're staying so competitive during this stretch. Yeah. Yeah, he's I mean, he's definitely something that you know, I think a lot of teams have uncovered 
players, either from the G League or from wherever, or two way guys, you know, during this time where you're playing a lot of guys that you wouldn't be playing. And, you know, Aaron Wiggins is a guy that they've, their hand has been forced a little bit to play more, but, you know, I think he's a guy that, that they really like and that I think Mark obviously really likes him. He plays him a lot. Uh, and and his, his shot looks good too. Like at least compared, compared to some of the other guys on the team who sure. are like are always wondering, is this real or not? Mm-hmm. Like Wiggins, just, just the way his shot looks, it's, it's very believable. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I like him. What is what does he look like in year two? Is is what I would like to see. You know, like how real is it? You know, because we've seen like low usage guys do some stuff in OKC before. Let's see how like sustainable it is with Wiggins. Because if he can, well, who's the Debbie of, Downer now, Dunkers? Who's the Debbie Downer if, now? If he can do this, then he's like a <laughs> legitimate player in the NBA. But you know what I mean. Like we've seen this no, kind of we've seen this kind of stuff before from guys. Let's see if it can stick. Uh, also, with a I mean that there's a there's a void of talent on the wing for the Thunder. Like there's no question about that. And so like the bar, like the bar to clear to play on the Thunder on the on the wing is pretty low. Um, but I have liked what I've seen from him so far. Uh, looking at the injury report for tonight, it looks like we we've got. Vic Kretschy, who is with the Thunder, but he's not with the Thunder. He, I don't really, they're basically bringing him up to do some kind of like clerical work on Vit. I don't really know, but he's. They're making him do clerical work? He's sitting behind a desk right now, okay? Oh, no, um, Vit. But he's rehabbing with like the Thunder. Like he's, he's here in Oklahoma City. He's not on the trip. He's rehabbing his ankle. He had a really bad ankle injury just before Christmas. Um, so he's with the Thunder, but rehabbing. Um, Teo, Poku, Roby, um, Paul Watson, and yeah, and Paul Watson are all with the G League. And then Kenrich is still out in health and safety protocols. And then for the Spurs, um, Zach Collins is returning to competition, but reconditioning, which is okay. interesting, but won't play. And then, oh, Josh Primo's with the G League. What a bummer. Trey, and Trey Jones is in health and safety. But everybody else is playing. So, Yeah, the, uh, Bruno Passos, who was on Saturday Slam and Jam, I follow him now, and yep. he was saying that they like finally have their guys back and they've been kind of waiting for a get-right win but have just had some tough games. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe this will be their get-right win tonight because oh. it is at home. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do this let's do it you're you're rooting for the spurs let's go spurs go spurs go uh all right alex let's take a quick break right after the break we're gonna break down some rookie power rankings right after this when you're hiring for your small business you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free when it's time for me to find a job i went right to linkedin jobs they helped me find the right employer and it was man very very easy process linkedin isn't just a job board linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. And we're back from the quick break. Alex, uh, Mike Schmitz of ESPN put out a rookie power rankings yesterday. And I'm going to break it down for you and let me know what you think. Evan Mobley, number one, no surprise. We've got Cade Cunningham, number two, for the Pistons. Three, Scotty Barnes. Four is Franz Wagner. Five is our guy Josh Giddy. Six, Herb Jones. Seven, Jonathan Kaminga, who's played really well lately for the Warriors, come in. I think he's he's been on a scoring tear recently. Uh, and then Jalen Green at eight, Chris Duarte at nine, and then Ayo Desumu at ten. Any any shockers there? Any surprises? Any thoughts? Um, you know, you read that list, and like obviously it's top heavy. You like the top of the draft, yeah. But by the time you're getting down to like the lower names on that list, I'm like, meh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, like there's, there's guys not on that list that I'm just way more excited about. I, I understand why they're not on the list, but uh, that's why I don't really like those rookie rankings because it, it like adds extra emphasis to guys who are just coming in and playing a role. Yeah. I like to see people and, and- yeah, and yeah, people yeah, read uh, it and they're like, "Oh, that means like what a great steal for that team." And it's like, "Okay, sure, but that's probably like what their role is going to be in the NBA." Yeah. There's so many other guys that I would still rather have that aren't on that list. Yeah, it it takes out the the guys that ha- still have a ton of potential or you know, guys that have been playing like decently but maybe there's like a lot of holes in their game because they're young. You know. I mean, it's it's like when Vicini had like JRE in his top 10. Sure. It's like, yeah, I get it, but I'm not like going crazy. He I would sh- like some of the guys that aren't on that list. He <laughs> shouldn't. Have been, yeah. He shouldn't have been a top. It doesn't mean he should have been a top 10 pick. Like that's like, that's not right. What yeah. These things mean. Uh, but, but in terms of the top five, like, yes, those are the guys that are, we're at, taken at the top of the draft and are playing well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Giddy, I don't know if he's hitting like a rookie wall or he's just had a couple of bad games in a row, but he just hasn't really fit in the flow of the game as well as he looked previously. Mm -hmm. Um, He's had like more turnovers lately. He had the six turnover game. I think he had four turnovers against the Mavs. I really like when he's in motion and gets the ball. Mm -hmm. Like, when he's just in the half court and he's just at the top of the key, runs around a pick, he can't get into the paint. He, he like very rarely beats someone to the paint that way. Yeah. And he usually will pick up his dribble and then usually make a nice pass, but like that's about it in the half court right now. Or he's standing out on, outside of the three-point range. When he's in transition, not even like a fast break, but when he's in transition and just the floor opens up for him, I just like that version of Josh Giddy so much right now. Yeah. And I they're not a particularly fast-paced team. Like I was looking up at their pace numbers. They're 16th in pace right now. Yeah. I would just love to see Giddy in the open floor a little bit more mm-hmm. and and take some of those like crazy LaMelo court-length passes cuz you know he can do it, but he he rarely does it. Yeah. Like when he in, inbounds the ball, he usually just especially in that Mavs game, he was just like bringing it up he pick up his dribble and pass it to Shea or something. Mm-hmm. I would just like to see him be a little bit more aggressive with some of these passes like we saw earlier in the season. Because yeah. I, I don't know, just right now, his play has left me a little cold, even, even as his shooting has been improving. Yeah, shooting has improved like quite a bit recently. Yeah. He's getting better off ball, I'll say that. Like His off ball game, I think, is dramatically improved one because of his shooting but also like you watch him he almost cuts on like every drive sometime to his own detriment like there was a play that Nikias Duncan tweeted out where like Dort was driving to the middle of the lane and Giddy was thinking he was going to take it to the cup because that's what Dort does and they ended just kind of like running into each other and as a result Dort didn't have this outlet to throw it to beyond the three-point line and it would have been an open three for Giddy if he had just stayed there Mm -hmm. but that's one time when it didn't work, but a lot of other times, like that's where he's generating some of his offense is by cutting constantly. 
yeah. in a way that a lot of players on the Thunder just don't normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at his last 15 games. Um, well, it's like the last 15 games of the Thunder. He only played in 12 of them. Uh, but he is shooting 36% from three on almost five attempts per game, which is better than Cade Cunningham, better than Chris Duarte in that span, better than Jalen Green in that span, better than Franz Wagner is cooled off from three. He's only 28%. So that's uh, that's quite interesting to me. I don't I don't know. I it's he's definitely on a hot streak, so I don't want to say like, oh, this is the real Josh Giddy. You know, this is this is who he is, this is what he's gonna do the rest of his career. Uh I don't know, but at least I mean to show that it's possible in his rookie year is progress that I just didn't anticipate. Like I think that he has to tighten up his handle. I think that he just needs to get more experience. Like that Cavs team like really screwed him up with the with the Early on, like he was trying to make passes, like normal passes that he would make, and wasn't ready for all of the limbs that the Cavs yeah. have, you know. And so and we saw that against the Timberwolves too. Like yeah. any like super aggressive defense that's really long is going to bother him. Yeah, and that's and that's he's got to make adjustments. He's like, okay, well, let's see how he does against the Cavs when they play him again. They put the Cavs here again uh, pretty soon. Let's see how he adjusts. You know, those things I'm not too worried about because I know he's got those skills. Like he's going to figure that kind of stuff out. But it's the shooting stuff, the fact that he's shooting 44% from the field, which isn't great, but it's like a normal percentage, you know? <laughs> like with Poku, it's been like, can Poku even shoot 40%? Like, can we even <laughs> get there? You know, the fact that he's shooting 44% and 36% from three on high volume, I mean, he's taking almost the same amount of threes that Cade Cunningham is per game, which if you would have told me that he was doing that preseason, I'd be like, man, you that's nuts. And man, he's probably missing a lot of threes. You know, in that stretch, let me see what how many it is total. Because, I mean, it's, I mean he's taken 58 threes in these 12 games and shooting 36%. Like, that's, that's, I'm very encouraged by that. Very, very encouraged by that because I do think that the handle and the passing and the rebounding, like all that stuff, I think will continue to translate. He's going to get better. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get more experience. But if he can hit a spot up three, like, okay, great. Like, I'm all in. Yeah, he's, he's, if you look just at the basketball reference 2021 draft page, like, especially comparing him to the other guards in the class or the lead ball handlers, like his percentages are right in line with every other rookie. Like there's, I mean, Cade, Jalen and Jalen Suggs, well, both the Jalen's are all shooting under 40% from the field right now. So like Josh Giddy's doing perfectly fine there. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's more about like watching how he's getting those points. And do you actually believe that it's sustainable? Like, do you actually believe that he's going to be able to do these things at an NBA level long term? Yeah. If if it was just spot ups, I would be more cautious with my take because I do think that that can be a little bit fleeting. But he's taking like some step backs and making them. He's getting to his floater and making that. He's making shots in a variety of ways, which makes me think that at some point he's going to be at least a decent score. Yeah, what are you? What are your long term concerns though about like him just being able to get by guys? Because like it happens rarely, where it's just him and another guy. Like so often, like he looks like he's being aggressive in terms yeah. of like how he's dribbling, but defenders swallow him up so easily when he's trying to drive one on one. Yeah, uh, I mean he's gonna have to figure out a a, a different way, you know. It's not maybe it's strength. Like maybe he just gets stronger and then he can just bully guys because that will probably that's probably more likely to happen than him suddenly like developing a crazy handle and like yeah. crossing guys up. Yeah, I don't expect that to be a part of his game. I think he'll use strength and I also think if the Thunder get a good player in this next draft, it's just gonna make life so much easier for them because he knows how to use passing as a way to gain an advantage. And so if he has like a good rim roller or just a good score to play pick and pop with or whatever they get in the draft, they're going to add a big piece no matter what. 
if I just think that adding somebody else that has any sort of gravity is going to help him so much and help Shay so much because right yeah. now it's those two and teams are still kind of just being like, all right, Lou Dort, do whatever you want. <laughs> you know, I know. like if Dort, like if you're going to, if, if we're going to lose this game to Lou Dort, like, you know, God bless him. You know, like that's kind of the way that teams are operating with the Thunder. It's like we cannot let Shea get his. We cannot let Josh get his. But we're going to let Lou kind of go nuts. And if he does, then, you know, we lost. And so if you add one more piece to it, I don't care who you say who's in the top five or six in this draft. Like, there's going to be guys that can really score the basketball, and they're going to, you know, take some attention away from these guys. And I think that that's what those two need is like somebody else on the roster to care about. And once they get more guys to care about, I think that it will open up things for them naturally. And I just think, like you said, he's going to get stronger. He's going to get more experience. He is obviously one of the smarter guys on the floor almost every night with the way that he plays. It's just the fact that he can get shots off and the way that he has with like the lack of athleticism like says a lot to me as to what he could potentially be. Like his ceiling is a lot higher than I thought it was going to be going into this season. So, um, and you talked about having like someone who people actually guard. Like that's why I would love if like Trey Mann had Lou Dort shot profile, like or had that kind of usage where he could be the one taking like six, seven threes per game. Yeah. Because even if it was a little rough at the start, you could imagine a scenario where by the end of the season, Trey Mann has become like a pretty deadly spot up shooter for OKC. Yeah. And it just doesn't feel like we're we were getting there fast enough. And I would just like yeah. to see him taking like four threes per game every single game. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Uh, it certainly feels like there's just no way that's going to happen. You know, in that same, I think he's played 10 games. In 10 games, he's taken 31 threes. He's only hit eight of them, shooting 25%. Yeah. Um, his shot's better than that. Like, it just is, like, flat out better than that. Um, like, he's one of the guys, like, I look at, Cade's three-point stats or Jalen Green's three-point stats like yeah yeah, they're terrible right now but like I believe in those guys shot and like you want them to keep taking them obviously and I feel the same way about Trey like I don't really care what the percentage is because if he's going to be good in the NBA it's going to be because of that like he's Mm -hmm. he's going to become like a 38 percent plus three-point shooter Mm -hmm. yeah and so I I would just want him taking those shots I'm actually impressed that he's taken so that's 3.1 attempts per game yeah, you said thirty-one in his last ten games. Mm-hmm. So maybe he is getting there. Yeah, he's just missing them all. <laughs> just missing a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you look at. Let me look at what these guys are on the season. Because I mean, the fifteen-game sample size, like that's it's significant. Um, but you know, it just. I mean, it just shows that like these guys are actually improving in spots. Yeah, I mean, Giddy on the season is only twenty-eight percent from three, forty percent from the field. Um. But you look at the other like high volume guys like Jalen Green, six attempts, thirty percent, like not that much higher. Cade Cunningham's only thirty two percent on the season. Even Duarte's cooled off a ton. He's at thirty four percent on the season, which has been part of Indiana not <laughs> keeping their head above water. Is that he is you know a guy they really relied on you know at the beginning of the season. It's really it's like, so insane. All the high volume guys just aren't shooting well. From three, like Zaire Williams has taken three attempts per game, twenty-seven percent. Um, Davion Mitchell's twenty-nine percent from three. Jalen Suggs, man, he's just really struggled. Twenty-five percent on four and a half attempts per game this year. Yeah, that's that's brutal. They they like did not stand a chance against Portland of all teams. They just got like demolished. They're hope they're hopeless this year, <laughs> like absolutely hopeless. Uh, now there have been uh, some some Thunder fans calling for some renewed Bomba interest, Andrew. Yeah, is that, Bom- Bomba is available. Is that right? You have any? You Bomba? interested? I'm not interested. No. What about for um, Onyeka Okongwu? Yeah, 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 definitely Okongwu. But they're not trading Okongwu, right? 
Uh, I, I would assume no, but they seem to be open to anything right now. What would, it, what would you... What's the deal? I, I think it would take a lot. I think it would take like Dort, Kenrich, and a pick for them to even like be interested. Oh my! I'm serious. Like, why? What reason do they have to trade Okongwu? Like, you're gonna have if you if you're going to get him, it's because you're giving them a deal that's just like so incredible they can't turn it down. What if you do? What if you did this? What if you say Mm. we'll take on Delon Wright and Danilo Gallinari? Do they? Why? Why would they even care about that? Gallo's an expiring. Just take it on, like, get them out of the get them out of the tax. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It gets them like way under the tax if they're able to do that, and then you give them. Uh, are you still wanting to trade Dort? Are you still a Dort hater over there? I'm not saying I want to trade Dort. I'm just saying if you want someone like Okongwu, you can't just give them Bays and Ty Jerome. <laughs> And picks. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. <laughs> you that. have to give something of value, and what do we possibly have of value other than Kenrich and Dort that Atlanta would want? Yeah, Kenrich favors a first round. No, pick. favors is bad. Favors is bad money. He's in That's Atlanta. That's another ten million. He's next an year. Atlanta boy. No, they do not want Derek Favors. They don't want their Georgia Tech man back. No, they don't want their Georgia Tech man. Oh, that's just a shame. That's really sad. I'm yeah. telling you, it would take Dort and Kenrich because you're not getting it for Kenrich and picks. So you'd have to give Dort plus Kenrich plus. Even pick. if you take on Gallo and Delon, right? No, I don't think they 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 have not been the team that you've heard about. Like, oh, they're trying to get under the cap. They're really worried about their luxury tax payments. That hasn't been them. It could be. We just don't know. We don't know everything. We could get them freaked out about their money situation. Yeah, we call them. We just get them real freaked out about money, and the stock market's about to crash, and everything's going to go <laughs> to hell. Everybody, we got to. You guys got to get these guys out of here. Um, yeah, that would be but, great. Yeah, I would. I mean, would I trade Dort and Kenrich for Anyeka Kongwu? Probably, probably yeah. not. If this draft didn't have so many good big guys, then I would consider it. But probably, yeah, that's kind of the problem with any probably because uh, somebody sent me a, a <laughs> message about miles turner and the, and the pitch was he's injured this year so yeah. he like actually helps your tank yeah and then you come back next year and you have a 26 year old center that's you know a shooter good rim protector all that like you can kind of see the logic but again it comes back to the draft it's like okay but then what if you get the first pick and like this team loves chet holmgren like now all of a sudden like Miles Turner's an expiring, and he's probably yeah. just going to leave the next summer. And I kind of feel the same way as you do about Okongwu, where like I would love to have him, but at mm-hmm. the same time, depending on who we got in the draft, like it might complicate that. Maybe it wouldn't because like Jabari Smith obviously could play with him, mm-hmm. Palo could play with him, so maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I shouldn't even. I mean, if you can get a good young player, you should probably just do it. Who cares? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I like Okongwu. I think he's. I think he's really good. Because that, that that small ball lineup, again, going back to the Mavs game in the third quarter, you replace JRE with Okongwu as like your small ball center because he's only 6'8", but he, he plays bigger than that. Mm-hmm. Like that is really fun. Now he can't shoot. No. So that's another non-shooter you're, you'd be adding to the team. So mm-hmm. then the need for shooting becomes even more desperate. What would the Thunder give up that – that the Pacers would want in a Turner trade? That the Pacers would want? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, if they want picks, we got whatever you need. I mean, they'd probably love Kenrich, but that they have to get something better than that for Miles Turner, right? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, Kenrich and a pick. And also, you save money. Yeah, because some the the down to dunker who tweeted at me was making the case like even if it doesn't work out, you he would still have value next year. Yeah, whether it be at the trade deadline or whatever. I think it just depends on what they see as their goal for next year. Like obviously, if you wanted to win, mm-hmm. if you wanted to get to forty wins, like Miles Turner is a great way to do that. Yeah. 
because all of a sudden that starting lineup would look pretty impressive. Yeah. Depending on who they slotted in at the four. Yeah, the problem is that it's just not time. If this were next year, if we were like to fast forward a year from now, and like maybe then you deal for Miles Turner, but then you don't because he's going to be an exp- he's an expiring then. So yeah, yeah. I just don't. But think if you if you did get a mandate, there. Andrew, from your owner, said yeah. this team better be good next year. That would be one way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think Turner helps them a lot, and we see how much a guy like Mike Mascala helps. You know, you had a who by by the way, like Mike Mascala's interior defense not the worst thing in the world he's a good player man he really is he's kind of solid yeah he's getting around the rim he's gotten better like he's gotten better since he's been in oklahoma city yeah Um, i've seen that and yeah i mean if he's your back like your full-time backup center i don't know like it's a that's a pretty good piece honestly when you're trying to compete i just think that we're still not there (laughs) We're not as close as some people wish we were to trying to compete yet. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that next year is the year either. But do you, do you think, cause I kind of believe this, like, yes, we're probably far away given our luck, mm-hmm. but if you had added an Evan Mobley to this team this year, I think they would have like would 26 a, wins right now. It'd be a lot more difficult to to tank, especially if they would have gotten the uh, the absolute dream scenario of like two and five, you know, where you, yeah, yeah, where you have like Mobley and Giddy, and uh, God, stop, I just have to go vomit now. Like we, we'd be done, we'd be done. We wouldn't have to do pods. It's just like watch the team; they're good now. See you guys later. They'd be good. They would be good. They'd be a lot better than they are today. And maybe you're getting. I don't know. They're not. They probably don't make the play in, but maybe they get like the tenth pick in this draft. You know, <laughs> who knows this year? No one wants it. No one wants what? The tenth, like the, I mean, the like the tenth spot. I mean, the Blazers are a game and a half up in the tenth right now. Yeah, in the tenth seed. Teams want it. They're just bad at getting it. <laughs> it would make, make me. I, I just can't imagine rooting for the Kings. Like the Kings want it badly. The Spurs do want it. The Pelicans do want it. The only teams that don't want it are the Thunder and the Rockets, honestly. Like the Clippers would still want it. The Blazers want to be there. You know, all those teams still want to be there. You know, nobody, it's just that everybody's really bad at getting there. Like the Kings and Spurs and Pelicans are just really bad at getting there. Yeah. I mean, the Spurs are two and eight in their last 10. Like, unbelievable. Like, they had been playing well. They had a positive point differential before this last stretch, and now they're in the negative, which is still, they still have the, what is it, the seventh, the eighth best uh, point differential in the Western Conference. But, yeah, it was positive before this last stretch. Now there's only seven teams with a positive point <laughs> differential in the Western Conference. Hey, we have breaking news, Andrew. A random guy from a Milwaukee sports radio station has has broken the Ben Simmons trade. What did he say? His name's Gregory Smith. Is Gregory a word? Gregory? Yeah. No. It's not. It's, it's not. not is this fake? This guy looks like Joel Klatt. Uh, he said Ben Simmons will be traded to the Sacramento Kings for a package centered around young prospect Tyrese Halliburton. Teams are currently finalizing the package, which could also be sending Tobias Harris to the Kings. Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes expected to move. Who are team that? Huh? You, how'd you, where are you seeing this at? Uh, Trill Bro, dude. Oh, Trill Bro. <laughs> I've been listening to Trill Bro's podcast. Now that Ricky's, uh, writes to Ricky Sanchez is mainstream, because they're on the low post. <laughs> They've been on the low post before. Anymore. That's not their first time. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they sold out, so they're not my Sixers <laughs> pod anymore. Now, really? Now I, now I listen to You Know Ball oh, with Trill Bro wow. Dude. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Do you, would you ever... Would you ever break a story? Like, if you if you got it, or would you, like, 
Like, how does it work uh, at the athletic? Would you have to pass it to like Shams or or Sam Amick? No, like the actually those guys would if if they had like a so, sometimes like just like inside baseball a little bit. Like those guys are not like you. It has to go through me, guys. Which mm-hmm. there's some there's there are people in the industry that are hey if you get something it has to go through me. <laughs> like I have who to, could that be? <laughs> I have to be on the byline. Um, sometimes at the athletic is actually the opposite, where it's like, hey, I have this. Do you want it? You know, kind of thing. So um, I don't know. I'm just w- with regards to that kind of stuff. Like if I got something, I'm so like far under the radar. <laughs> on doing that kind of stuff that I don't think that anybody would even care, you know. What but, if what if you broke Gabriel Deck's return to the NBA? I did. I mean, his return to the NBA. I broke I broke his contract number. Oh yeah, that's true. Um which is like the smallest thing to break ever, you know. <laughs> but I had it before everybody else did. Um I wish I wish Luke had been more aggressive because he knew about like the Paul George party yeah, before and he told us but of course we were just like okay it sounds yeah, cool like, Luke. It's like some of that stuff like I just am like so careful like I I've heard a lot of things before they happen but I just a lot of times I just I'm too probably too careful about what I put out there on Twitter why don't certainly. you start a burner account that only tweets those rumors oh I could start a rumor mill completely disconnected from you or down to down. <laughs> it's just called like Thunder Insider. <laughs> <laughs> there probably already is a Thunder Insider Twitter account that is completely outside, you know, <laughs> of what's going on. Um, yeah, it would, I don't know. Part of me is just like wants to stay out of that kind of stuff a little bit, you know, kind of. You don't, you don't want to be a newsbreaker. I'd rather, That's fine. rather be a commentator than a news. You need to pa- pass those uh, nuggets on to Luke and let him become the official source of wow. Thunder News, where he just uh, retweets questionable tweets and <laughs> tweets out actual <laughs> NBA news. <laughs> oh, get the L man some followers. Get the L man some some likes and some RTS. <laughs> Can you imagine Luke being on a like invited on a podcast because of some of the rumors that he's tweeting about and him having to like talk it's actually, about it? It's actually a new goal of mine is to uh, <laughs> make this happen to get the L man some love here. Uh, hey, uh, before we go, did you see the uh, when we were young? Uh, concert bro yes i did here i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna share it real quick please do please do uh just so we can look at the lineup yeah it's unbelievable okay can you see yeah 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 (laughs) it's so first of all didn't correct me if i'm wrong did we ever open for amberlin or armor for sleep because those two names are very familiar to me amberlin yes we did okay yeah um not well i don't remember if it was i don't think i think they were on the church circuit back in the day were they i don't remember i don't really know that band i know amberlin they're good like amberlin's is a good band um yeah this is insane the the lineup is insane which one is uh 18 year old you most excited about um First of all, I was very surprised to see Car Seat Headrest on there because I think of them as like a modern band. And so I, I was very confused why they're going to be there. Yeah, I don't know uh, but that I, is. I would say probably Thursday really? would be the yeah. one. Like if I if I could only go, if I went to this yeah. and could only go to one, mm-hmm. I might I might choose Thursday. Yeah. I mean, Taking Back Sunday obviously would be very fun. Be very fun. Uh, I think the, the starting line is here. Oh, yeah. Luke, Luke would obviously choose Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, I would not. I wish. Now, which which band that's not here do you want? Because you know they got Avril Lavigne, but they don't have some forty one. <laughs> Avril Lavigne, that's the one that's like, oh gosh. Would, yeah, some of these. I would bi- not. Like, I would not go to that. 
so if you if you're listening to the podcast, some of the band names are bigger than the others. Yeah, like Jimmy E. World, Bright Eyes, Avril Lavigne. I get that. Paramore, My Chemical Romance. Get that. I don't know who Bring Me the Horizon and A Day to Remember are. I know a day, but to they must remember. they must be big. I don't know. Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah, we don't. We we got. Do we have Good Charlotte on here? Where's Good Charlotte? Get cursive on here. A cursive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would go to see cursive. <laughs> oh man yeah uh, yeah this is so this is going to be next october in vegas and i think t- general admission tickets are like 220 woo we maybe should... we ditch seosin is on here uh maybe Seosin. we ditch yes uh <laughs> we ditch summer league and just go to this in vegas instead that would be kind of cool can you imagine the the crowd for this it's, it's going to gonna... be everyone our age like basically 32 to 40 yeah yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be real sad. How many of these bands do you think are actually like still really good? Like how like who do you who would you say? And if you're listening to the pod, which most of you are, you can go what's it called again? When we were young? Uh when we were young. Yeah. You can probably look it up on Twitter or whatever. It's everywhere. Um they have the I don't know how many bands are on here, like fifty bands or something. It's crazy. Um who do you think is still really good? Like, do you think any of these bands are like still like legitimately very good? I mean, I bet Bright Eyes is still good because Connor Oberst is still putting out music. Yes, so he, I mean, yes, they've got to be good. really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dashboard. I mean, it's just the one guy. So as long as he can still sing, I'm assuming he still sounds like Dashboard. Yeah. Jimmy Eat World like sounded like an old band when they were out to me. <laughs> like they they felt like a dad band when I was in high school. They so pl- I'm assuming they, they're they, still a dad band. They played at a Suns game. Um, oh really? Yeah, and I was watching League Pass, and so you got to see them playing at halftime, and they sounded super, super terrible. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. I could see Thursday sounding awful. I could see, yes, I could see them. Like the used might be horrific. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's such a difference from like when we were in high school and these people were screaming to now being like forty years old. And still having to scream and hit those screaming notes. I know that's that's the screamo bands are the ones I'm most worried about. To be honest, like not worried about Bright Eyes, like they're like, but I am quite worried about screamo only bands here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is going to be. Uh, I, I mean, I would watch. I would pay per view this. Like, yeah. stay at my house and just watch it. <laughs> It's almost too much, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's too much. How do you see all the bands? I don't know. How do you do it? Oh, man. Yeah. It's like going to Warp Tour. Do you ever go to Warp Tour? Uh, no. When I was younger, that was I thought it was a dream of mine. Yeah. And then the period to when it was a dream to when it was like something I was not interested in all was like six months. <laughs> so it was, very, it was a very brief period of time when I was interested in going to Warp Tour. It uh, passed quickly. I've been. It was, it was really fun. It was really cool. I mean, you who'd just, you see? Who was the best, Andrew? Just there all day. Um, gosh, I'd have to look back at the lineup and see who were. I can't remember who the headliners were. You could literally name any band because they were probably there. It's probably this lineup. <laughs> <laughs> this was Warp Tour. No, it was cool. It was fun. You just you're just walking from stage to stage like all day, listening to bands. Um, yeah, it was very fun. They need uh, to get May. May, yeah. <laughs> I think da- Dashboard's coming to Oklahoma City soon, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. L-Man's got tickets. Of course he does. I was about yeah. to say, that sounds like something L-Man would go to. L-Man is, <laughs> L-Man is highly invested in this Dashboard concert. Uh, all right. We are done with the pod. Let's go through and see who's in the stream real quick and where you're from. Uh, Hoopsock69, as always, Twice God, Nathan Creamer, Unhandy Train, T Dot is here, H Rogthar, I don't know if that's how you say it or not, uh, Chad Scott is here, Robbie uh, Miroslav from Germany, thanks for joining. We've got Dude Buffet is here, Gerardo Martinez is here, Tyler Carroll. Tyler Carroll's back on his business on Twitter doing his. Uh, his odds. So go check out Tyler's stuff. I don't, you know, his Twitter handle, Tyler Carroll, whatever. I, I think it's Tyler Carroll. I think it's Tyler Carroll. Well, good. Uh, uh, it's Tyler, Tyler Carroll 12. 
There we go. Tyler Carroll 12. Go follow him. He's got some stuff going on there. Uh, Frank Terman, uh, Dave Hoffman, Wojciech is here from Poland. He said he's having some crazy, there's some crazy storms in Poland right now. Whoa. Wild. wild. Uh, Spencer Smith, the fluky is here. Nate 27, Augusto Sarmento is here. Uh, Travis Cagle is here. Uh, let's see. Everybody's talking about Hank. Everybody wants to know, get a little, get a little Hank. Oh, could love. they hear him growling? He was growling <laughs> so. for like three straight minutes. Uh, my Holy King, TD Clips is here. James Anderson, as always. What's up, dude? Um, all right. Thanks so much for joining. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Alex Buller, Jack, Electric Caveman, Crimson King. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.